Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to another Scoutcast brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. You are joined by me, Andy, FPL Mode. And as always, we are joined by my humble guests, my gorgeous guests. We are joined by Joe, FF Scout. Joe, how's it going? It's, it's going well. I'm humbled to be here, as I always <laughs> am, with two luminaries of the game, two greats of the game, who would never, ever make any blunders like making early transfers and I know you wouldn't do that and you're not those types of managers so this is great to be here truly humbled well you've ruined the surprise there haven't you (laughs) I I was going to mention those a little bit later but uh there you go you've got a little bit of a sneak peek there I mean as we already know Joe is a bit of a tease um Seb you are also joined by you tonight as well how is it going how was your week I thought Joe was going to be lovely about us then, but he uh, <laughs> no, he, took, no. he took that away from us the last moment, didn't he? So, yeah, I was doing fine, but you know that's 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 brought me right back down. So you got to pick me up, Andy. Yeah, I know. Literally, I've never been so positive before a stream. I've just gone right back down now, and it's because yeah. of Joe. Terrible. Yeah, that's it. I brought um, it down. Yeah, I was like, Joe, we made transfers. We were so excited. Like, oh, I know. Terrible, Joe. Obviously, I know. Um, you know, you wanted to bring us down a bit, but have you been brought up this week? I can see you've got a lovely green arrow, and I seem to be the only red arrow on the screen. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I've got a rank of one point three million after that <laughs> green arrow, though. So, so it's a sort of nullify that a little bit. But I, I didn't. I think I noticed. I was looking on um, FPL uh, Live. I think it was Live FPL mm-hmm. that there was. I think there was a thirty-one point gap between me and the top ten k or something like that. And it was quite, so, I mean, we're all quite congested and we could have some quite big moves um, coming up soon. So yeah, I could be top 100K. I could be top 101K. That's the dream. I could be top 5 million (laughs) next week. Um, It's uh, it's that tight. So um, yeah, yeah, quite, quite happy. Well, it's good fun as well, because as Joe's already alluded to, we all have two free transfers going into uh, <laughs> game week three. One of us has used two, one of us has used one, and one of us hasn't used any yet. So we'll be getting for- we'll be looking forward to that later on. Uh, Joe, as well as finding out how we're going to use our free transfers, what else is coming up in the show tonight? Indeed. So we're going to have a look at our game week two scores and our thoughts uh, about those. Um, Andy, you're going to be talking about under 10% ownership FPL points machines. Are they stars? Mm-hmm. 
or are they traps? Are there any silver linings there to look for? Um, I'll be talking about attacking defenders. I have managed to shoehorn this little club in the northwest called Liverpool into the running order. It was in danger of slipping off because I know we all wanted to talk about Brentford defenders, but um, uh, I think we can go with that. I'm going to just give them a little mention. Um, Seb will be going deep diving, getting your swimming trunks on and diving into Arsenal and all of their, their wonderful stats and formations and what has changed, if anything, and uh, why are they so potent at the moment, uh, particularly in game week two. There's the community team. Uh, our team reveals, uh, as Andy said, teacher Andy's Q&A. And just before we go on, I got just a few words I want to say about our pronunciation last week. So we were, we created a bit of a storm because we, with Haaland, because we use the correct Norwegian pronunciation <laughs> of Haaland. Speak, so, for, you, speak for yourself, mate. Um, Norwegian, Norwegian listeners and viewers um, thanked us and said, well done. Uh, everyone else <laughs> said, what the hell are you doing? He's called Haaland. And they gave us um, evidence of that. So he turns out that Haaland um, doesn't feel that us Brits can say Haaland. So he's happy for us to use the English version of this and be called Haaland. So I did a little look in history to see if any other Norwegians had done the same when they came to these shores. So it turned out they didn't. And so uh, so when Ragnar Lothbrok, um, history fans will know him well, when he beat the monks at Lindisfarne, it was 1-0 in the 8th century, did he say, call me Raymond, Raymond Lothbrok? <laughs> no, he went on a massive pillaging spree across Mercia and Wessex. And uh, Ivor the Boneless, a few years later, you know of him, uh, he, <laughs> loads of raids across Britain. And uh, Did he say, call me Ian, Ian the Boneless? No. He didn't. He just slaughtered thousands across Ireland. And you know what? He also blood eagled the king of Northumbria. Someone's and, been watching Vikings. And, yeah. and someone has, I've done my <laughs> research. I've watched Vikings. And I also, I'll tell you what I've also done. I've been listening to some great 80s pop. So when Morton Harkett and Aha were taking the British charts by storm, did he say to Brother Beyond and Swing Out Sister, don't worry about not getting to number one. Just call me Martin, Martin Harkett. No, he didn't. He just eased out. Sun always shines on TV. And he wrote a James Bond theme tune as well. So um, Harlan's let us down. He's let Norway down. And as we should discover, he also lets Kane Sellers down in game week two. So seems a good segue to talk about our game week two scores. It does just a little bit, doesn't it? Um, I'm not going to lie. I think I blacked out there for a minute or two. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. I did as well. Yeah, I'm not really sure what just happened. <laughs> what happened? But, but there we go. I've no idea. Right. Let's go on to our teams. So uh, points this week. My points this week. Uh, 66 points for me this week. Uh, Ward with one. Trent and Robertson with five points between them. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Cancelo with 11. James with seven. Salah, who was my vice captain with two. Martinelli, eight. Bailey, one. Kula Sefsky 2, Haaland with uh, 10 as my captain, and then Jesus absolutely rocking it out with 19 there. Um, Bailey obviously was very, very frustrating, the fact he only came on um, in the 70th, 75th minute. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a hard sell for a lot of people now, I think, but I think we're going to maybe talk about him a little bit later too. Um, I was fairly happy with 66. It was above the overall average. It meant a bit of a red arrow, but I'm, I'm happy with my two weeks, 79 and 66. Um, and I'm happy with how my team's looking going forward. So there's not too much to say here, to be perfectly honest. Um, my biggest thing is obviously Bailey, but I've already dealt with that, uh, as you'll see a little bit later. Um, 
Robertson's my other one. I'm getting so frustrated with Robertson and Trent. You know, that that's 14 and a half million I'm spending on these defenders and they're not doing anything compared to Cancelo and James that are returning for me quite nicely. So, yeah, I'm getting a little bit frustrated there. Uh, but we are going to talk about Liverpool assets in Joe's section a bit later, so I won't go into it in too much detail yet. Um, Seb, we've got your points up next. Um, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you've got 82 points this week. Up to 85k as well. Uh, just talk us through your team. I mean, it's not even that different, really, is it? It's it's very similar to yours. I think <laughs> we were we were saying beforehand. That's the thing, though, right? I'm surprised there's a bit of a points gap because it's basically what an extra city defender Sanchez got some points when I guess Ward and friends didn't. Yeah. I've got I've got Luis Diaz instead of Robertson, but you know, like you said, we'll talk about that later. And I think Robertson looked more likely for most of that match than Diaz. So same as ever, right? You know, we've all picked a pretty similar team. So there's just mm. a bit of luck in it, and I've got I've got the luck, I think. I mean, the best thing I probably did was benching Bailey, to be honest. Ah, yeah. And I was telling you to play Bailey over Walker, wasn't I? <laughs> uh, well, yes, this, maybe that, this is why you're I getting more points than me. I'm glad I didn't listen to that. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> uh, and then moving on to Joe's point. So Joe had 65 this week. Yes. Uh, so you've been bottom both yes, weeks both times. since we started yeah. Scout Cast yeah. this year. Just and checking. I, Talk us through uh, your team. No, that's fine. I don't know if you noticed you just said the word <laughs> bottom, um, but you know, we'll just, we'll just sketch over that. Um, but um, yeah, it's one of the great mysteries that I got a point less than you. When last week I said to you, you've got about five players all playing each other, so your points are going to be limited. And hey, presto, they well, you could have done ever so well, but I've got one point less. So I don't know what's yeah, going exactly. on there. So that totally disproves my point. Um, yes. Um, who who did I? I've, got, I've forgotten. I had a very similar team to everyone else's, but there's still those slight differences that, are, you know, the difference between 80 points, 70 points. Um, so, yeah, I had Sanchez in goal. So the Sanchez Ward mm. double ups going well in the I might never play Ward again. Um, I've sure. got a 4-4-2 Cancelo, nice 11 points, Gabriel. Only one point there. Alexander Arnold and Robertson, just five points. Uh, Mason Mount, now I'll come to him a bit later. He is one I think will be for the chop um, to correct a definite early season blunder for my part. Um, Salah, just two points. Didn't captain him though. Martinelli, eight points. That's standard. Bailey, one points. That probably will be standard. Uh, uh, Harland, my captain, just the 10 points. And nestled in next to jesus uh with 19 points so yeah. i'm pretty happy with that i've got i mean i'm i've got 100 i've got about 10 points each week above the average 160 160 120 125 all overall 127 i can't remember what i've got but um it's, it's about 65 points average a week or so so i'm happy yeah. with that keep it going and i've just got one or two issues i want to iron out my squad but uh two free transfers and still haven't used them Really interesting though, you said about Mount and you said it was a mistake. Do you feel like that was a blunder going for Mount over James? Uh, at the beginning, I think it was the scout cast going into game week one. Hmm. I said, uh, it, it's between Mount and James for me. I hmm. want one of them. Yeah. But I don't know which one. And I went for Mount <laughs> over James. I've had bad, bad times with James in that I've got a couple of hauls off him or one haul, but most of the time I'm getting one or two points. Whereas with Mason Mount, when every time he's been in my team, he's been this nice, steady strickle of assist here, a goal here, occasional haul here. But I think in retrospect, even if Mount does well this weekend, I, I, I James is the one. He's, he's a shield I need. Um, yeah. When he scored his goal, um, I'm using live FPL a bit differently. I'm, I'm not really looking at effective ownership before, but it's just during it. I'm, I'm, I'm using it probably how it should be into... 
explaining why certain things are happening. So mm. I went from 900k to 1300k when James scored. Yeah. So that was a 400 in my case it was a 400k rank drop because he's so well owned I don't own him and he is good. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I think it's an error. Fair enough. No, I like it. Uh, right. Uh, we're going to go on to our first section now then. And our first section is my section. Started with me this week. Uh, and it's all about players that are under 10% owned and whether they're going to be stars moving forward or whether we feel like they are traps. Because I feel like these players are starting to come into the fore now and we're starting to recognise that these players, nobody was really looking at them at the beginning of the season and now they're starting to really come into their own after two weeks. Again, it's only after two weeks. So this is where if you own one of these now, you could really get ahead of the curve and ahead of everybody else. Um, and it's also quite an interesting list, which is what we like. We don't like seeing lists just full of all the players everybody owns already. We want to see different lists. So top of the list, and this is ordered, by the way, in um, XGI expected goal involvement. Top of the list is Grosch from um, uh, from Brighton. Yeah. Obviously scored his two goals against Manchester United. He's got West Ham, he's got Leeds and Fulham in his next three. Uh, then we've got Rodrigo, which is a really interesting one. He's been absolutely smashing it recently. 22 points. He's the highest point score on this list so far. 1.44, um, uh, sorry, 1.70 expected goal involvement. Then Gundawan, who is highlighted on this table because I really do want to have a chat about him because he's somebody I'm looking at in particular. 7.5 million, 0.85 goal involvement. He's got Newcastle, Crystal Palace and Notts Forest next, which is lovely. Uh, then Jensen, um, Xhaka, Tony, who's also an interesting one. People are starting to uh, look at Tony again. Ben Mee, Byrne, Cher and De Silva, who's at the bottom there. I, now, I just want to point out, I have made an error on this table, so please oh. forgive me, everyone. Um, Rodrigo, of course, is not playing himself in three weeks' time. Uh, yeah, uh, Leeds. That should say Everton. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, that's fine. Similar letters. So, there's three players here that are highlighted, and it's Grosch, Gundogan, and De Silva. So, I mean, there's no better person to ask than Joe about Grosch because obviously he scored two against Manchester United. In the second game, he looked okay as well. He's somebody that a lot of people owned him a couple of years ago, didn't they? And he had an incredible season. I think it was his first year at Brighton. It, it was, was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Is he somebody that we can think about getting in? Because I yeah. won't lie. I mean, he's 5.6 million. So the price is quite nice. The fixtures aren't too bad either. And Brighton are obviously a well-oiled machine. We know that. But is he somebody we can really think yeah. about or not? Well, the season before he came to Brighton, he was the Bundesliga's top assister. Um, and not many people had heard of him, but he was the most creative player there. So Brian snapped him up and he had a great first season, as you said. Then under Grand Potter, he sort of drifted in and out of the side and he mm. hasn't had um, uh, he hasn't had a, um, a, a good run. He hasn't he's played all over the shop as well. He's played like almost I, I can't think of a position he hasn't played at some point in a game. Um, but he seems to have got a sort of a, a more of attacking right sided role here. And I think he looks pretty cemented. Um, it's no surprise he did well against Manchester United. Um, it was more the last game where I was looking for um, some signs that he was doing doing well. And uh, I think he will. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, I think he's had been a good player when he's been given the chances. He's on most set pieces. I don't think he's on penalties, though. Um, but I'll be interested to see what happens. Did I think say... McAllister will yeah, be... I think... I vaguely recall hearing that like Gross said he was like designated, but that's when McAllister wasn't playing. Yeah. But in the past, Potter has said it's McAllister. Yeah. I, I think, Joe, yeah. you'll know better than me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the, I don't know. <laughs> we will yeah. find out. 
Um, it's it's one of McAllister or Gross. Um, yeah. will, will be the uh, the main penalty taker. I, I just need to see them both on the pitch, and also we need to see if there's any sort of bizarre things of if you if you if you've won that penalty, you 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 get to take it. So uh, we'll see. But nevertheless, he's on the corners and free kicks. Uh, he's very creative, and he's got a great shot on him as well. So um, I think he's great. I think he's really good value. Um, and Brighton are. I think, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Brentford as well, but but Brighton are uh, and Brentford, along with Chelsea, have got the best fixtures over the next five game weeks, definitely, but definitely over the next, you know, whichever metro you want to use. So they've got West Ham next, Brighton, but then they've got Leeds, Fulham, uh, Leicester, and then Bournemouth. These are all good from an attacking point of view. Um, and also from a defensive point of view there, um, Brentford and Chelsea, just the only teams above them there and Arsenal and then Leeds themselves as well. So um, that, that, that would highlight someone like Rodrigo being a good asset to get. So I think um, uh, Gross has got the form. He's got the pedigree. Mm. He's got the price. He's got the fixtures. I'm getting him in. Uh, so that's a spoiler alert. Um, I'm going to get him in for, I don't, and now I don't know who yet. It could be Mason Mount. Um, and in order to get Reese James. See, Seb, Joe just kind of touched on it a little bit there, where we're talking about players like Grosh and Tony. Are we in danger a little bit here of these two teams have both played Manchester United and absolutely spanked them, and that's why their stats and everything is looking over for inflated (laughs) and they're looking like better assets? Because I'm looking at Grosh, he's scored two goals against United, so obviously everything's looking a little bit better, but I think that's still in my head. Like I think if that hadn't have happened, I don't think anybody would be looking at him. That's such a leading question. I know you. I know what you. Don't know what you're talking about. I know what you would say. Um, I mean, I think it falls into the same category. If it's been two weeks, some people will have played worse defenses. Some people will have played better. Some people may have had their best performance of a season. Others their worst. You know, we can we can look at this and take the information that's presented to us, but we just need to have in our minds that it's been two weeks, and we should take it with a large grain of uh, salty money United fans. Grain of salt. <laughs> What Sorry, I yeah, find, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was just going to say what I find interesting about Gross, Gross's stats here. He's frequently, when he gets a run in the team, he is frequently in the top because when you're compiling these stats each week, um, Gross is often there if he gets a run. Um, and he always does well in those in those expected goal involvement stats because he's just so involved and you know he's got he's got uh, you know he's got the assist potential and the scoring potential. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think he's a great asset, and I think at the moment we need to both keep an eye on the template, not ignore it, but at the same time we do need to look for those differentials, mm. those so-called swords in our team, to really push on uh, and move up the rankings because. If I only go for really good shields, like say Reese James, um, I'm just going to sort of stay where I am, which is mm. which is 1.3 million. I don't want to stay where I am. I want I want a I want a five percent owned goal uh, or two or three. But he's not playing United every week. That's all I'm going to say. He, yeah, he's I'm not going to play a team as as awful as United. No, exactly. Granted, Gosh. but luckily he does have um, he does have a good run of games coming yeah. up and I, i'm sure seb will testify brighton do do well against leeds oh yeah, yeah one nil brighton will happen <laughs> it's one nil um, goal <laughs> but, but okay. so so before before we went live tonight andy instructed me to disagree with joe so i will i will take that and disagree with joe <laughs> we uh we we do with all the with all the passion of that <laughs> we do not need to look for differentials two weeks in 
Um, I mean, yeah, you're 1.3 million. It's probably about five points behind me or something. But yeah. if you did want to climb the rankings, just pick the best players. Like you're talking about moving Mount to James. That's you could why. Keep Mount. That's why Pascal Gross. I am picking literally. Sure, one but, of don't, the best but don't. Players. But, but don't. <laughs> brilliant. Don't do it because of ownership, though. Like you know, you're no. talking about going James. No. If you'd started with oh, him, no. you'd be better off. Uh, differentials are great, but let them come to you. Please let them come to you, mm. especially in this season where we can build an entire 11, if not more, of top six players. We don't need to be hunting, you know, Leeds attackers or Fulham attackers just yet. When Champions League comes, that's the time. Game week five, I think is midweek. That's when we can start looking, you know, Haaland will get a rest. Maybe Nunes, when he's back, will also get a rest. Mm. That's when we can start looking at, you know, say a Mitrovic or someone like that. For now, I think you just relax and pick the obvious players. Um, well, we're talking, that's easy to, to say if you don't have Mason Mount. <laughs> we are, and you don't have Rhys I, I, I nearly had Mount. He probably would have been my second choice after Diaz. This yeah, is also I, a table of under ten percent owned players as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but speaking of speaking of one of those under ten percent owned players, Seb Gundawan. Now I know we spoke a couple of weeks mm. ago saying with with Harlan playing up top there, who's going to benefit more? Is it going to be the wide men, Foden, Grealish, Mares, or is it going to be those central midfielders, which would be KDB and Gundogan? Now, Silva's constantly being linked with moves away. Gundogan has started the season well. He's captain now as well. He's been made club captain, which you would think would help his minutes moving forward, at least for this season. Um, and, he's, and he's started quite well, 13 points so far, um, 0.85 expected goal involvement. He's starting to make those late runs, uh, and KDB's doing the same as well. Are we starting to see that he is benefiting from Haaland being there. And is he going to start creeping in the teams at 7.5 million? Because people are wanting to sell someone like Robertson. He could be the perfect transition in the midfield. I mean, like we spoke about last week, I think it's that little change in shape. And we'll have to see if City keep that up, of course. De Bruyne in the last match was more advanced than Haaland, which is crazy, but mm. he's so expensive that it's harder to go there. Bernardo, I think City have you know slapped a big old price tag, 100 mil euros or whatever it is, and maybe said he's not going anywhere. So we'll see. He hasn't started presumably because of, you know, those transfer rumours and what have you. But we know Pep will stick with a team that works, especially when there aren't midweek fixtures. If Bernardo leaves, Gundogan's lovely. I think you're entirely right. He's making those runs. He's getting in those positions. Mm. We saw him score at the weekend. That sort of, um, like, you know, starting in the eight, but really going through those half spaces, through those gaps between the centre-backs, which is what they're set up to do. If Bernardo stays, it could be an issue, especially when the Champions League rolls around. But one to stick on the watch list, I think. I think he is. I, I I feel like we're constantly looking for that third Man City asset, aren't we? Because we've got Haaland, we've got Cancelo, you've got Walker, but I don't I, I really, feel like... I really like... I'm much, I'm much more bullish on Walker than I was when I started because they've only signed, what, Sergio Gomez today? He's obviously a yep. young sort of backup left back for the future. Sure, he'll miss a game here and there, but I actually think like there's Diaz, Laporte and Stones who, when Laporte is back, could all rotate. There's Cancelo, we know he just keeps his spot. Yeah. I think after Cancelo, Anyake's playing well, Walker could be the most certain in that team. You know, he, maybe he misses one out of five, but without another first-choice fullback, I feel pretty chill on having a five million nailed, well, nailed in inverted commas, City defender. I mean, KDB is the other one everybody wants, isn't it? But obviously you can't get there. But I feel like Gundogan could become kind of KDB light in terms of making those runs. And even if he does 50% of what he did, was it two years ago now, uh, when he became that incredible asset for about three months? Um, yeah. I feel like he could be he could be that one, you know, 7.5 million. It's just a shame he's not 0.5 million less because you're really tussling between Gundogan and Foden, I think, at 7.5 and 8. Yeah, you'd want to have that million to maybe turn yeah. a, a Nico into, into a walker or whatever it is. I think, I mean, the interesting one will be when Champions League, when midweek fixtures come around, does Haaland actually, it sounds silly, but is he actually an option? Because we've seen in the past mm. with City players, they're brilliant, 
but if they only start 50% of the matches, we can't trust them. Is yeah. that when you go to a De Bruyne if he plays more often, or even a Gundogan and a couple of defenders, do we move elsewhere? I, I have no idea what I'll do right now, but I could see myself losing Haaland. You know, if we think he's only going to get, you know, an average of 60 minutes a week, whether that's a starter off the bench or early sub, interesting to look at. And I think we know that City said that Haaland would be managed. It was one of the reasons he joined them. And I think, um, was it Ben Crellin posted the other day that from game week five, when the first midweek happens, which is Premier League, players from the top clubs only have one midweek weekend off, as it were, which is after the game week eight break, I think it is. Mm. Until then, they all play twice a week, which is Champions League most midweeks, until the November break in game week 16. So someone like Haaland, who we know has fitness issues, we know City will manage their players, really could become a bit of an issue during that period. Yeah, interesting. And Joe, moving on to the last highlighted player on this list, I'm going to come to you because two of us in this stream have already brought this player in, so it could be nice to hear your view on it. De Silva was 4.5 million, he's now 4.6 million, scored in game week one, scored in game week two. XG is ridiculously low, 0.11. I think the, the shot Football's he had against United... Grass, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the shot he had against United was 0.02, I think. You know, God knows how De Gea let that in. But he was 4.5 million. Mm. And if you got him in on Saturday night, yeah. uh, he was 4.5 million, you know, and he's already gone up 0.1. Yeah. But he is a, he's a cheap enabler. I, f- I feel like if, he, if he's going to be on your bench, it's fine. But what, what do you kind of make of De Silva and people bringing him in? I, I'm not I, I, a lot. I mean, you both brought him in before the games had finished of, of yeah. the game week. So any yeah. of anything could have happened then. <laughs> and I looked at that and I mean, I've got Bailey and Bailey's going to be on my bench. So, yeah. yes, I could I could free up more more money, but I've already got 0.5 in the bank. So I've got no desperate need for money. And I just I, I just didn't think I just didn't see the point in swapping a Bailey for a De Silva. Um mm. Because the silver, yeah, his expected goal involvement is is the lowest on this list of under ten percent ownership <laughs> players, um, and I and it was really it was really watching the highlights of match of the day when I saw yeah. his goal and thought, well, that wasn't re- that. I mean that. I mean there were goals when when there's defensive blunders, and the, I, I didn't see much of De Silva that I thought, oh, he's really, he's, he's like, you know, when Sterling was 4.5 or Yanazai at Manchester United was tearing it up for about four weeks. I didn't quite see that. You never know. He could be like Decore. Remember when Decore was at Watford and he was just inexplicably yeah, scoring yeah. every week and it yeah. went on for, he went on for months. No, it went on for a couple of months. It was, it was like, or maybe four weeks, but De Silva, yes, he can, I could eat my words. He could score again next week, but he's not going to do it with a high X, expected goal involvement he might do well but i suspect most people who've got him aren't going to play him um yeah. and he's just it'll be first or second sub yeah. so i for for me i just did not see i didn't see the point when i've got players that i do need to bring in like reese james and i and i didn't want to use a transfer moving a bad midfielder to another bad midfielder uh, yeah. so so allow me to defend my transfer firstly saying yeah if you've got other things to do fair enough yeah um i had two free transfers and nothing i really wanted to change my team i was very happy to the point where i considered just burning one bailey is my 12th player um and very much so as well i think you know my team uh until champions league starts up are probably relatively safe in their minutes 
So I was going to bench him every week. I think he'll probably drop in value sometime this week. And I think the silver would have gone up and he already has done. Maybe he'll go up again, especially if he gets another jammy goal. Maybe he will. I was very happy, therefore, to use one of my free transfers and then roll the other one. So I have two again next week to simply grab some of that value. I have a million in the bank now, and I obviously have 0.6 banked on the silver, one more when I get to turn that into some actual funds. And the reason I did it early, of course, is because that's when the rise was predicted mm. to happen. And we don't have midweek matches or anything this week. So the chance of, yeah, of course, Salah could have got injured, but I was happy to take that risk because probabilistically I reckoned it was better for me to bank that 0.1 than what? it was to so George W. Bush. Is Sorry, scout Proba- probabilistically. Probably, probably, oh no, probabilistically. Did did, yes, you Whatever. said you, you dropped the probabilistically bomb. Wow. <laughs> I did. Um, but yeah, uh, so I think I think it was I think it was a better uh, a better gamble, as it were, then to uh, to go for the certainty of a price rise than than wait for an injury do, do, that may or not happen. I mean, I, I know Andy wants to set up a, a row, but I'm I'm going to even though. <laughs> I'm not keen on early transfers. I do agree with what Seb has said there. If you have nothing else to do and you have two free transfers, the best way, rather than burning that transfer, is look for a way just to get a bit of extra money. Just get that bit of extra money for a rainy day. And I've done that many times with a goalkeeper. So what do I do? What do I do? Oh, I've got a 4.6 goalkeeper on my bench. I'll take him, I'll get him down to a 4.01. That's a good way, a good way of doing that. You're never going to play them, but it's a good way of getting some money. And I think if you've got two transfers, that's fine. Because we get team news coming in. Seb's still got that one more transfer. So you get team news in, Alexander Arnold breaks his leg in training. Well, you've got your one transfer to move that out. But if you've if you've only got the one transfer, so for example, the week before, if you moved Kane to, to Haaland, you're only you're down to one transfer. And so you haven't got the luxury of doing what Seb did doing that. And and I know, Andy, you're an anomaly in this argument because you've already used two transfers. I have indeed. So you, I don't know what you're going to do if there's a broken leg in your team. On Honestly, Friday. balls are steel, mate. That's why. I've got balls uh, are steel. Oh. Nobody. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, we'll talk about it a bit later. But I, I did the move. I, I did it because I had everything else in my team looked okay. Yes, it was risky, but I just fancied that but team you've value. You've got Wards and Everson. That's... How is that okay? They're playing keepers. They cost eight million. How, how do you look at that and yeah. say, "Yeah, I, yeah, Ward, he's a good oh, keeper," mate. but I've got Everson <laughs> to back him up. How, how can you exactly? Look at- <laughs> I've got a keeper every week. Anyway, let's move anyway, on. You've used two free transfers and you haven't corrected Ward Everson. Amazing. I do. I do, <laughs> I do just want to drop in there as well that I think we can sort of uh, just probabilistically in the chat. Um, I do think we can fall into that trap of is it probably loss aversion or something or holding on to that one time we made an early transfer and it went wrong. Generally, early transfers, yes. especially when there's no midweek matches, are absolutely fine. Sure, it yeah. might go wrong once or twice, but I will take the certainty of that price rise almost every time. I'm just looking at the the um, the the uh, the sort of uh, the text that comes up when we're talking on the screen, and I said Ward, he's probably cuckoo kids. <laughs> Apparently, I said that. Yeah, <laughs> nice, sounds about right. Uh, right, <laughs> let's move on to Joe's section then, and he's going to be talking through the best attacking defenders now. So, oh yes, 
it, I've already su- suggested, you know, th- these midfielders, people are starting to either move money from midfield into defence because they're they're quite happy with these defenders that are getting solid points all the time. You know, we've seen Seb's got the double up of Man City. Uh, I've got Trent and Robertson, uh, which is going to be an interesting one to talk about as well. But Joe's just going to talk us through some of these attacking defenders and the ones that are popping up a lot on the XGI list as well. Yes. So I've... Um... I've looked at expected goal involvement per 90 because apparently that's a thing, but it does make things a little easier. And I've been told that if you get 0.5 or above, then that's very good. So here it is. So we've got Alexander Arnold at the top, expected goal involvement per 90 of 0.59. So that's essentially half a goal a game. So a goal Mm. every two games. Is that right? Um, Which is really good for a defender. Um, and we can see he's on he's in five corners, two shots inside the box. Hasn't scored yet, but he's always looked close. Um, I mean, he was in all our teams. I don't think it's even worth even discussing him because no. he's done nothing to disprove anything that we already knew about him for the last few seasons. In fact, he's arguably better. He's getting better each year. So, but it's the next name on the list. It's it's Reese James, um, who's expected goal amongst just behind him, um, and. It's become evident, although he was not on corners for the last game, but he took a hell of a lot the game before. And we've seen when he's at right wing back, the crosses he puts in are incredible. I think Havertz missed one and he was, um, and he's obviously, he's got his goal threat as well. He pops into the box. I mean, he's the player I fear most. He's the player that affected my rank most. Um, He was, he's the biggest headache to me. Um, It's not, for that, not for that sole reason, because of his huge ownership and the way it affects my rank. Although that is a, is a massive consideration and that can never be underestimated. But it is the fact that I'm not sure there's anyone comparable to him currently, apart from Alexander Arnold at the moment, mm. in terms of a defender with that amount of threat. Um, yeah. And I've already got Alexander Arnold, so um, yeah, I just want to get the best, the second best, the third best, whatever you want to call him but I want to get that defender. Um, but um, but there's some other names on this list as well. I mean, I don't know if you wanted to, you, you or Seb wanted to talk about Nico Williams. So I, I went for another blunder. I went for Patterson as my chief, my 4.0. But yeah, what, what do you think of Williams? Because everyone's ra- been raving about him. Yeah, I've uh, seen a lot of people that were kind of annoyed that they had him on their bench this week, but I don't, I, I don't think many people were going to play him, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. against West Ham. And, you saw the game. I mean, West Ham had like over two for their XG, I think it was. You know, they, they had the chances. They missed a penalty. Neko did look good going forward, though. Um, I would admit he, d- he did look quite good and he was on some set pieces as well. But I, I think he's just a perfect formally and defender that you're going to have on your bench, you know, pretty much all year. So I, I don't see an issue with him. Um, but are, are you going to start sneaking him into your team and playing him? I I don't see an awful lot of clean sheets for Forrest this season, so I think that's going to be a tough one. But um, I don't know, Seb, what do you think about Williams? I value your proposition. I really, really like him. I don't have mm. him. And it's one of those ones that almost sounds silly for a 4.0. I'm tempted to try and get him just because the value seems outrageous. But with the prices this year, again, like saying earlier, there's just no need to you know, force in a Nottingham Forest defender when I can have all these top six defenders. Mm. If I need money elsewhere in my team at some point, brilliant, he's there for me, even if he's 4.2 when that happens. If you have him, great. I think there's no need to chase after him unless you've got plans elsewhere. Yeah. Um, just very quickly as well, Joe, about James, because mm. I watched a bit of um, 
uh, analysis on the game the other day because people were so worried about him playing right centre-back. And I loved watching this analysis because it was talking about how Rhys James plays and how when they're attacking... Um, mm. they go back to a four at the back. So actually, he is yeah. right back when, when yeah. they go into an attacking style. Yeah, that's what and, that's what I noticed. And then yeah, he, 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 he bombs forward in that right back position. He, he, he overloads looked, the right side with Loftus Cheek. If you don't own him, it's frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and as soon as he went the right wing back again, he was he was just just uh, devastating. And, it, you know, he's in the box getting yeah. a pass from Sterling yeah. to tap it into the gut. And you just think yeah. he, he is when you don't I, own him. And he started with two sevens. He hasn't got a clean sheet. Uh, and he I, has got a clean sheet. Sorry. But I, I, yeah, I think a lot of people listening and watching, they will either have two transfers or they'll but they'll, they've had two games worth of data, which isn't isn't a lot. But nevertheless, they're starting to look at their teams and they're starting to look at the players that they... So, for example, if you don't own Jesus after his 19-point haul and all his preseason and all that we knew about him before, um, then you probably want to correct that. If you don't own Alexander-Arnold for some reason, you're probably going to want to correct that. Mm. And if in my case, you don't own Rhys James, you're probably going to want to correct that. There are a few players like that that I do think are a necessity... Not just because of the ownership, just because they're really good. They're just going to be really good scorers, goals and assists. Um, but there are lots of other players on this list that are of interest, I think. Um, Zinchenko, Arsenal, he's already got a price rise. Um, got his clean sheet, couple of shots inside the box. Always look, He's just looked good as well. And I, I'm sure um, Seb will be talking a bit more detail um, about Zinchenko a bit later. But um, we've got some other names as well. Um, now, Ben Mee at 4.5 at, at Brentford. Now, we know he's got a goal in him. And uh, so he's had one shot side inside the box so far, but it's just been two games. These are small samples, but Brentford have clean sheet potential. And they also have Ben Mee has the odd goal in him. So I think he is a good, if you're looking to downgrade um, a defender, I think he's a good good play on this list as well um i it, i'm not sure about southampton at the moment but walker peters if you were so inclined would be a good a good option at 4.5 um but yeah it's interesting to see session young there um at 4.5 with tottenham and i i think we're just always i think we're permanently gonna have tottenham players tottenham fullbacks tottenham wingbacks all tottenham wingbacks rather well, always going to be on this table um yeah. and perisic is an interesting issue that managers will face next week if he starts i could starts, almost I think... see myself not having a spurs defender at any point this season mm. just because like i agree you don't know who's gonna be some of them are brilliant options but only the ones that start and yeah. i don't know who that is and i don't know if i need to with good options elsewhere i don't know if i need to buy a ticket to that lottery maybe i do at some yeah. point you know if Perisic starts looking nailed of course i'm there but another player speaking of lotteries that i'm interested in who isn't on this table mm. is kukurea so we saw him start a left wing back in the last match and look pretty impressive while yeah. Chilwell played for the under-21s, I think, despite starting last week. So still working on his fitness. It looks like Chelsea have signed for Fana as well. So I think yeah. there's a chance when Kukurea does play, it's more likely to be left wing back, but he can slot into left centre-back, which is probably why he's been signed. While Koulibaly spent most of his time, if not all of his time at Napoli, playing left centre-back, I think Tuka did say there's plans for him right centre-back or even centre-centre-back because Thiago Silva, we mentioned with Europe, probably can't play week in, week out for another entire season. So I think James is a must-have, but I'm interested in Kukurea and I'm happy to work a couple Mm. more weeks. I've got Gabriel, who's also 5.0. I think he has, is it Fulham, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Fulham, something like that. So very happy to hold on on to him for two. And then I might make that move from Gabriel to Kukurea, double up on my Chelsea defence, if his prospects still look good. But yeah, he might miss one or two here and there. But I think when he does play, I think he'll play a lot. There's a good option. 
Yeah, I think um, the comments um, from uh, from the Chelsea camp as well um, about Cucurella was that he is currently looks like he'll be the one starting. They're not happy with, they were talking about rhythm um, and they're not happy with Chilwell's um, rhythm with the game at the moment. And they feel, and they feel that Cucurella is the man at the moment. So I think he, mm. I think he could be one to get in now if you do want to free up some funds. I know people are thinking about Robertson perhaps. So, I mean, what I found interesting about this list um, uh, is that the players that aren't on it as well. So Cucurella is, you know, he's, he's only, he's only just uh, joined Chelsea. Um, but what's interesting I found with him is he's already taken five corners. So he's had one game for Chelsea and he's had five corners. So already we see he's involved. I know as a Brighton fan, um, what a good player he is anyway. He should get, he should do well for bonus points as well. Um, I think Aaron Cresswell, when West Ham's uh, fixtures improved, he's already taken three corners. Um, he's a player to watch. Aaron Cresswell, no one ever gets him in and he always does well. <laughs> um, every season, I think I should get Aaron Cresswell in and the so-called casuals, the so-called, uh, they just get him in and because they don't care. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. He I'm reminds me of Ward Prowse in that way, you know, where I'm just like, yeah, he's good. He gets points and I always yeah. ignore him. And then he's yeah, always exactly. like sixth at the end of the season yeah. or something. Why Why did I miss out on that? You know, the sixth best, uh, whatever, play, midfielder. And and Aaron Cross was exactly that, exactly that. Not fashionable, but he's going to get your points. So when no, West Ham's um, fixtures approved, um, I was going to no, say Cancelo Trippier. Was, Cancelo as well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Cancelo's mm. down, down on the list. Of, of my notable players to miss out. So we've got Trippier mm. as well. Obviously their fixtures are a bit rough uh, at the moment, but when they improve, you know, 10 corners. <laughs> so he's going to be very involved. Um, yeah. Cancelo as well. Uh, just uh, nothing, no shots in the box. Don't take any corners. Doesn't, doesn't do that anyway, but um, yeah, he's expected goal involvement of 0.18, which is better than to silver. Um, but nevertheless, not great. <laughs> got, got, got an assist at the weekend. But he did right? get an assist yeah. at the weekend. And eye test wise, he looks great. <laughs> he, he was a little bit, oh, we don't have a graph for this. So I'll just cover it real quick. Obviously we spoke about City last week. He was a little bit wider. It yeah. seemed this week with Foden out there. Yeah. I've not looked into it deeply enough to know, um, but maybe he was forced a little wider or it's just yeah. Bournemouth, right? So they can get yeah. it forward. Um, but yeah. what we were saying is we wonder if he's forming more of that three in midfield, which could yeah. see him a little more withdrawn. Yeah, and, and also he got the bonus as well. So he's a bonus point magnet. So he's. A, um, I'm I'm not worried. I think, I think if you think Cancelo needs to be downgraded to another Man City mid, then then your team is looking good because you, you surely there must be a better another move to make than that. But Cancelo, I think I wouldn't worry that he's not on, on this list at all. And it's Robertson who is worrying people. He's only taken a couple of corners. He's had one shot inside the box. Expected goal involvement of point two. Um, but anyone who watched the match last night would have noticed this fab fabulous Scottish striker <laughs> playing for Liverpool. And uh, Robertson was really, really attacking. Um, mm. you know, he was out wide coming in, coming in, he was past doing amazing passes, and he had a shot uh that looked pretty pretty good, I thought. <laughs> and um I think it was no, it was Mil Milner's one went is still in orbit, I think, was it? Yeah. Um but um yeah, early on. The um but Robertson, I think he's looking good. Um I think I would not be I wouldn't raise an eyebrow if someone moved him on to some if you don't have a Reese James. I'm the Liverpool defensive double up hasn't done well for the last two weeks, but looking at the fixtures, Manchester United, which is now an easy fixture for Liverpool always has been really <laughs> um, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle at home, 
Everton away and then Wolves at home. I mean, these are really good fixtures from a defensive point of view. I can see clean sheets there. I can see attacking returns there. So for me, I'm 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 keen to keep hold of him. I can't see a reason why I would get rid of him yet. I would like to see more. Um, and... I mean, given Liverpool have conceded a penalty as well, I think the XJ numbers are fine. Might be like top half. Yeah. It's been a couple of matches. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, it's unfortunate if you've got Robertson, Trent, and Salah. It's unfortunate that say Diaz did yeah. well. Nunes got sent off, but that's all a bit of a lottery. If you've got nothing else to do and you really fancy it, fine. But Robertson is going to be like the third highest scoring defender by the end of the season, give or take, isn't he? No, and I've got um, I don't know if you I've, I've got another um table here just before I sort of sign off on this bit about um about Liverpool. Have you got a table about Liverpool's I do best indeed. players? Yeah. Right, because this just highlights where Robertson is. So we. Robertson owners want to see him near the top, don't we? And is that table up on the screen now? It is, yes. Right. So he's not. (laughs) In fact, he's below (laughs) Henderson. Um, So uh, at the top, Nunes, who's banned for three games. So he's just a slight moot point here. But nevertheless, uh, his expected goal involvement is higher than any other Liverpool player. Um, And then you've got Salah, uh, his expected goal involvement of uh, 1.21, just behind Nunes. Um, so still an option and very much an option for the captaincy without uh, Nunez. So if Firmino's playing, we're back to back to old school Salah coming in, um, not being out wide. Um, or we could be we could be Salah up front if uh, Firmino's not fit. I mean, who knows? But um, I think um, Salah looks a good option for the captaincy um, and is probably in a way aided by Nunez not being around could be, but that's something we, we can discuss when we get a bit more data about that. Alexander Arnold is next. So that highlights just how potent he is. If you are one of the managers without him, I, I, I would just rectify that. Just get him in. I mean, I, I mean, you can play any way of the game, but just get him in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, legit, he should be 100% owned really, shouldn't he? Yeah. At, at that price. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why. I, I, I don't understand uh, logic to, to to avoid him i don't understand that um because he's clearly i mean he could arguably be the best player best fpl player we've ever known i mean he could that could be the way i mean he won't be you know he won't get say for the captaincy like salah has or or luis suarez was uh or or guero has been but you know that sheer consistency for seven million seven point five years now um you know, getting that level of points from that price is incredible. You know what would have been interesting? If, say, Salah played for Chelsea, but still played to the level he is at Liverpool, Yeah, would we, like, consider Trent as a captain option more than we do? Because the, the one shame there is that whenever Trent has a good fixture, of course, so does Salah, and therefore we go to Salah. Uh, interesting alter- alternate word, uh, word, world. Yeah, um, and um, and so going down the list, Diaz as well. So I know in Seb's team... There um, is expected goal more is but is below those three that I've already mentioned. But never, I mean that goal he took <laughs> last night. Well, I I can't I still can't work out whether that was Crystal Palace defence being awful or it was him being amazing or just maybe a bit of both. <laughs> As classic FPL, wasn't it? In the first week, he what missed a yeah. really good chance. He hit the post or put it wide. Yeah. He had one ruled out for offside, yeah. and then this week he just scores a worldie. And, does a does a yeah, just just. just Loves his way through he's, the whole team, he's a- averaging out his numbers already. Perfect, yeah. perfect stats. Just, just to offer a, a a counterpoint on Robertson, by the way, because obviously, so far we've said, and I've got him, I'm holding, but 
they are going to be without Canate. They're going to be without Matip for the foreseeable future, at least the next three or four weeks. Nat Phillips was ripped to shreds last night by Zaha. Uh, and that's mm. pretty much why they scored. They targeted him, didn't they, in the counter-attack? Yeah. Um, and also he was hooked after 61, 62 minutes uh, for Simicas. He does have an able deputy there. Simicas mm. didn't look great, so I don't think Robertson's kind of going to be at risk. But there are factors there to say... Mm he might not be the asset we want him to be for the next couple of weeks because their defence might struggle to keep some clean sheets because they're not completely fit yet, are they? So, um, I mean, so I mean, it's I'll, something just to argue about, you know, I mean, not, I'll not probably to argue be, about, but to think I'll about. probably be wildcarding, I don't know when, sort of six to game week, six to eight, something like that. Yeah. But So he's got Manchester United next, and then it's that Bournemouth and Newcastle at home. And I know Newcastle is like a different beast, but I would be targeting those for clean sheets. And I think after that time, even if I'm not wildcarding, I think the Everton game away might be might be the time if if I've got another player in mind. But I'm not sure I have. Um, once you've got Alexander-Arnold and Reese James, I think anything... I can't think of a defender who, who would offer me more just for a week or two than Robertson. Well, can, so I, I think cello, he's going to... But I've already got him as well. Yeah. So it's I, I think Robertson's probably going to be, if I don't get rid of him this week, which I'm not going to, I think he's going to be there until I wildcard. Yeah. And I don't know if he'll survive that. I think if you, like, if you desperately need the funds, it's a fair enough place to look. And it's easy for me to sit here, right? Because mm. I started with Salah, Trent and Diaz, which possibly was the best out of all the different triples we could have had. And, you know, I made that call for a reason, but also I got lucky. So it's very easy and, you know, very privileged just sit here and be like yay i did well so i don't feel that pressure do you feel, I get hum- it. I... Do you feel humbled <laughs> what, what was the other option gorgeous Robertson. <laughs> do you feel, feel gorgeous, gorgeous being here with uh, um, but yeah i mean like i get it if you want to find funds but i i just wouldn't i wouldn't go chasing it if you don't need to like you said maybe around that six seven eight wild card i think they've got a couple of tougher fixtures afterwards yeah. if we're splitting the season into that whole like you know before first wildcard, after first wildcard, before the World Cup, maybe that's the slot to see if yeah. you can go without. So so, so for me, Robertson is a hold until we know more. Um, Reese James is a buy. And so for my particular team, people will say, why would I be getting rid of Mason Mount with good fixtures coming up for Chelsea? And it's if I had Reese James I and I had Mason Mount, for some reason I had both of them, I would keep both. But I don't have Reese James, so it's just a way of me getting him. Just just before we move on to the next bit as well, we don't even need to comment after. I think Nunes being sent off has made people's lives a lot easier. I think mm. a lot of people were looking to put that were looking to go with now. Harland or Kane and then Jesus and then Nunes and they were and, looking and, to get a lot of things changed. And people were looking to use their wild cards, people were yeah. taking hits, and people were looking to take Robertson out, Diaz out. And mm. actually, I think last night. Uh, hurt a lot of people because we were looking for that chaos and we were looking yeah. for people to be changing things around and ma- taking hits and wild cards. And I think actually Nuno's getting sent off for violent conduct as well. So out for three games, I think has made a lot of people's lives a lot easier. Now, now, now what would you, could you, you shared something on Twitter that I saw and I think a few other people did, which is about Anderson winding him up yeah, throughout yeah. the game. And it totally succeeded. And then he, he got sent off for violent conduct. And if he's going to be wound up by... Anderson doing that. I mean, uh, most experienced players will know about those types of tactics and yeah. will move on and laugh it off. You see it all the time. You see players laughing it off. Um, and the fact that he didn't, that he took it quite personally, um, in, even though Anderson was just doing his job, he's doing it remarkably well, um, it says to me, that's a big, big cross to me for getting him in. 
There was. Uh, I, I don't think he'll do it again now. I, I forget who the player in. was. It might yeah, have been. Paul, it, there was emotion at the time. Yeah. It might have been Paul Scholes or something, but uh, someone of that stature. I remember an interview where they were talking about young Jack Wilshere when he was you know, fit and actually good, saying they knew he was good not when they played against him and he was talented and whatever, but when they played against him and he gave as good as he got like verbally, physically on the match. Those yeah. things we don't see. Yeah. That's when they said, I know he's going to be a good player because he's got that side of it too. Yeah. And hey, look, you know, we don't want that. We'd rather everyone was, you know, perfectly well behaved, but that's the way it goes. And you need to deal with that on the pitch, don't you? Anyone yeah. will take any edge they can get. I, I, yeah, I just think he got, we had, we had, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? Diego Costa in the league not that long ago. And he was exactly the same, but look at him. He, he went, oh, look, someone just put it in the chat as well. Uh, yeah. Diego Costa was exactly the same. And do you remember when he was? He had four yellow cards or ten, nine yellow yeah. cards for ages. He never, didn't he? He never, yeah, yeah. Selling, and we never transferred him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, always yeah. saw of Costa as yeah. as the player that would do the winding up though. He oh, was. But he also got wound up though. He, he, he got wound up, when he but he to, did he? the winding up as well. Yeah, yeah. And he he was a cheeky so and so. I I think personally. Klopp will just get a hold of him and say, look, you can't do this again. You've learned your lesson. Yeah. You've got three games suspended, which is awful for players, isn't it, when they're suspended for three games? So I, d I don't think it will be a massive thing moving forward. I think if, um, he'd, if he'd scored as well, he wouldn't react. It's one of those where he's probably frustrated with his performance as much as yeah. anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we've spoken about Liverpool for far too long. Let's go on to a team that is not divisive at all. Let's move on to Arsenal. So, um, Seb, you're going to talk to us about Arsenal. Now, I've got three screens here. I've got a screen looking at their positions in game week 38 of last year. I've got a screen looking at their positions for game week two of this year, so the, the game week just gone. And then I've got one about Saka as well. So we're going to... Um, let's bring up the one from game week 38 first. Sure. Uh, so we won't dwell on this one too long. It's just for a bit of a base level for the rest of the discussion. Uh, for people listening and not watching as well, we have a position map from the scout mems area that shows i mean you look at that i don't know if you can discern necessarily a shape but it's you know arsenal's four three three four two three one or whatever you like the thing to really call out i think here is you have saka high wide tucking in on the right uh, eddie Nketa is the number 14 there i believe he's the furthest forward player playing striker uh martinelli number 11 on the left probably providing a bit of width there there's a bit of gap between him and uh, Mart uh and saka and uh Nketiah, sorry and then there's Odegaard number eight as well pushing up into that sort of right-hand side channel for Arsenal. And the interesting thing to look at here, I guess, is how this then changes as we go into this season. And we have game week two, I think, it is to show. Lovely. So game week one was a relatively similar story, although a more traditional front three, if you like, looking at the average positions. Of course, the caveat there being it's an average position. No, a player could be all over the place and his average position will show somewhere in the middle of all of that. So you maybe want to combine it with looking at touches or just watching the match as well. But in game week two for uh, for Arsenal against Leicester here, we saw almost a suggestion of that City 2-3-5. Now, it's not as pronounced for a number of reasons. It may not be deliberately what they're going for as much as City, but also we know that they're not as developed as a side as City. So maybe there's you know less carrying it out precisely. Uh, they're not a stronger team either. But what we're seeing is Jesus very much leading the line there forwards. We saw that when he played. He was brilliant. He interchanges with other players, but he is that number nine up there. And we see Martinelli much closer to him than we did in that match from the end of last season. Again, providing maybe some width from the left, but really tucking in and the second furthest forward player. Saka, by contrast, is a fair bit further back on the right and still wide, of course, with Ben White just behind them. And they're probably performing much more of a sort of covering one another as one goes forward. Obviously, that's usually Saka, but Saka will come back for White as well as he tucks in. What we're seeing with Zinchenko, who's number 35 there as well, 
is he's tucking in into that midfield role, the inverted wingbacks, which is where it suggests a bit more City, trying to form that two, three, five shape with the three being uh, Ben White, Party, and Zinchenko. We then have Erdegaard and Chaka. Chaka is a lot further forward on this one. And what they're trying to do, as we mentioned earlier, is the De Bruyne and Gundogan thing. Find those half spaces in between the centre-backs, find those channels and get forward in between them. We saw Chaka, in fact, get into the box and do that quite successfully. Now, like I said, it's not as pronounced as City, but it is a similar approach. And so if you want to move on to the last one for me, please, I, Andy, I think the conclusion up. of this is, yeah, we all have Jesus and he's brilliant. A lot of us have Martinelli. And the reason for that is his price, I think, rather than say just because it's Martinelli. If there were both 8 million, I would have no worries about having Saka. And I believe what we have here, just double check, is it a comparison of the two, so last season, this season on It Saka? is for Saka, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So what we can see last season then is his heat map from every match. And yeah, that probably looks like what we expect from Saka. This season, obviously many fewer touches because it's only two matches. But I would say that's a very good attempt at recreating exactly what he did last season. So while that average position on the last one showed Saka further back, maybe almost covering Ben White a bit, this shows that he is at least, you know, we've got quite a few touches almost at right back, but plenty exactly where we'd want him. And so I would not stress at all on Saka right now. Martinelli, Jesus, even Shaka have got the points. Saka will most likely get involved. Yes, there's a little change in shape, but Saka is still part of that. That is that front five and he is going to get involved. And the last thing I'll say on this, a bit like Gundogan, if only we had another spot in the funds, I'd almost be tempted yeah. by Chaka. Just because if he is going to get into the box in that Gundogan style, I think it would be jokes. But yeah, I hope that rests a few people's minds on Saka. And it's just an interesting look at how Arsenal might develop. Again, it's two weeks, so let's revisit it in, in some time. So I've brought up the Arsenal best players table. So we've got a table with their uh, minutes played because it's nice for the chat to see it. Uh, it's basically got Jesus well at the top uh, based on goal involvement. Then it's Martinelli, then Saka. So Martinelli and Saka are actually really, really close based on how much they've created or how much they've done. But if you look at the points, Martinelli's got double the points with 16 instead of eight. Now, Joe, obviously Seb's mm. just gone through that. I, I, I love that analysis because it's putting people's minds at rest if they own Saka. But... I know people that own Saka and they don't mm. own Martinelli and it's killing them. You know, it's only been mm. two weeks so far. They're paying two million extra for Saka. They're not getting the returns like Martinelli is. You know, Martinelli both yeah. weeks. If you look, even look at this week, 4-2, Saka nothing, Martinelli gets the goal. Low XG goal, you would say. You know, it, it wasn't an easy goal that he scored, but it was no. a lovely goal and he seems to be in form now. Two goals in two, two games. Would you be making that swap? Would you be making that swap? If you had nothing else wrong with your team, Saka and Martinelli, free up 2 million, you can you know, upgrade your 4.5 million defender to Reese James, for instance. Would you be making that move? Well, if, yes, if you have another move to make. So if you don't own Reese James and you want to upgrade a defender um, to Reese James, you need 2 million, mm. then yes. But if you just want to do it just for the sake of it, just because Martinelli's price is going up and you think Saka's will go down. So if you want to do it for that reason, no. If you want to do it purely on effective ownership, I don't know what their ownership is actually, um, but no. But if you if you def definitely need that money, then they're not. Yes, I don't see a problem with that. But I do. What I do think though is is, is what what Seb has been explaining with that looking at Arsenal is that Saka is not a player you can write off. He's not a. He's not suddenly. It's not. We've only had two games. Um, would be interested to see how it develops. But if after five six games then Saka's the one of the front three that is dropping back more 
and Martinelli's the one that's coming forward more. I mean, that may that may transpire to be the case every match. Then we then we've got some more knowledge there. But I don't think so. And also the Arsenal penalty situation is still a bit up in the air in that I think if you've won it, you can take it. Yeah. So yeah. that could so mean I think so, you I should have mentioned that. Sorry, thank you, Joe, just to yeah. just to jump in. Um I think Saka is like designated taker as yeah. it were. Yeah. But yeah. as you say, we have seen people take it if they win it. And I yeah. believe Arteta's quotes was something like, it's who feels good in the moment. Yeah. So so for example, <laughs> if say Ben White won a penalty, he probably won't take it. I'm I'm fairly certain to say. So then I guess it would be the designated penalty taker, Saka would take it. But if Jesus wins a penalty, we might see a different story. Martinelli, well, we have seen it. If Martinelli wins a penalty, he'll take it. So um, that could be the case with some of the other players as well. Who knows if Shaka wins a penalty? Uh, I wouldn't put it past him to grab the ball. Um, but yeah, it's a bit up in the air. But Saka's definitely not a player you would would write off. And I think you know if if you've got no other fires to do, um, or you definitely need that money. I, I'm not against that move, yeah. but I, I, I can't I can't believe removing Saka is. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm doing similar with Mason Mount. So what, who am I to talk? I'm doing the same. I'm doing well, I'm doing very it's, similar it's, move. It's there. that slot, isn't it? I think it's important to look forwards and not backwards. You know, we we have an eight million midfielder. Mm. We have a we have Jesus. We have yeah. a cheaper midfielder in Martinelli. Whatever. It's maybe a bit of luck, maybe a bit of skill if you get on the right ones at first. It can then be very very tempting to try and fix what should have been your game week one squad. Mm rather than looking forward. And I think we need to focus on looking forward, not trying to fix what maybe was a suboptimal game week one choice. I, I mean, think I think so, so I think, sorry Andy, over, over to you I interrupted. If, if you were if you were wildcarding tomorrow, you'd have Martinelli not Saka, wouldn't you? 100 yeah. percent Yes. Yeah. But I think that's that pride. I think it's pride. Yeah. So yeah. so based on everything Joe's just said, because he answered the question beautifully for me, Seb, if you had another two weeks where Martinelli got two attacking returns and Saka was still getting nothing, surely you've got to start looking at that switch. Obviously, with attacking returns, I'd want the underlings to support it, but let's assume yeah. they do. If I, they were carrying a, on like they are, they're both around yeah. 0.75 on average. So I, 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 it's a money thing. If they were both 8 million, I'm not stressed. It's it's a flip of a coin, probably. It's a money thing. Yeah, I want that 2 million. I mean, I've got Diaz and Martinelli versus, say, Saka, and I can't get that equivalent from Liverpool. So it worked better for my team. So yeah, if you need the 2 million, a bit like Robertson, maybe you move them on. But I don't think there's anything to worry about just yet. You know, to throw your question back at you, when Saka scores two at the weekend, he takes a penalty and you know scores a tap in, we're all going to go, oh, goodness, it must be Saka, he's on penalties. And then Smith-Rowe takes Martinelli's spot. You know, it could it, it could go that way that, as though, well. Isn't it? Because you can't just free up two mil in your team, think, can you? Whereas moving from Saka to Martinelli and freeing up two mil... That's the that's the dilemma I, that I think. Got, I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think people shouldn't look at Saka v Martinelli yet after two games, but I think people should look at: Do I definitely need that two million? Well, is mm. is it even Saka versus Martinelli? Is it Saka versus like an Because well, I've got Gabriel. Is it Saka versus team structure? Because you can have both very easily, and I'd argue that mm. with the value Martinelli gives, we should probably be getting him almost no matter what. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's more it's just more that two million if you've got if you've got Saka and you're seeing the guy that's two million cheaper getting more points that I I don't think at the moment after two weeks but I do think if you need that two million elsewhere and you've got a definite plan for that then yeah I would do that move also and I say I, that 
as someone who's ditching Mason Mount. <laughs> I know we've hated talking about it, but team value, Martinelli's already gone up 0. 0.2. He's going to go up again probably tonight. Like, he, uh, for me, you know, he could be 6.7, 6.8. He shouldn't be 6 million, basically. I I, I, I thought this season, it's like, this, this, you know, we live in a different dimension. Manchester United are good. I thought they were going to be oh. this year's Arsenal, as in, wow, how underpriced they are. They probably priced them quite accurately. But I'm now looking at Arsenal and well, Jesus is up to what? 79, 80% ownership? He's 75, be- I think. Yeah. Because he's priced at 8 million. We, we all got, loads of people got him in yeah. because he was so cheap. If he was 9 million, 9.5, 10 million, I'd have thought twice. But he wasn't, fair, he was 8 million. I just immediately saw that and thought, he's in my team. He was, he was ditched by 400,000 managers before game week two, well, so... Oh man! Well, man. that's there's, there's oh, all sorts of things in this world well. that I can't there's, understand, there's, and that's there's one picking, of the... There's picking an unfortunate game with one team, yeah. and then there's compounding that by yeah. changing think, your team based on one week. But I think but he looking was sold at... by four hundred thousand, yeah. and I think three hundred and fifty thousand went to Darwin. Well, we're, we're oh. already seeing. Like, remember when Leicester won the league? Mares was five point five, I think, when he started yeah. the game. We look back at that now and thought that was crazy, and because. There was just a, a lack of. We did, no one predicted Leicester would win the league, yeah. but I think we saw enough from Martinelli to think six million. You've underpriced him, yeah. And I think even six point five would have been even cheap. Seven million. I wouldn't have raised an eyebrow at seven million, but I think six point five would have been a really split. So we're seeing him go up because he's going up gradually to the price he should so be. What we, price is Smith Rowe? Uh, far oh, six. Point six, nine yeah. now. So I was thinking yeah. maybe they expected him to start. Now that's a weird one, isn't it? I think they just have underpriced that position. Just yeah. to finish this section off though, just to make sure we reiterate, for anybody out there that's thinking about a Saka Martinelli move, if they've got no other issues in their team, Joe, would you do it? No. No. No, because it, it all relies on that other issue, what you do yeah. with the two million. And Seb, would you? If it's literally that or burning a transfer, yeah, take the two mil. I think I would as well. I think I would. I, what I for just, though? Yeah. That's the thing. It's got to be for something. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Yes, I'm not going to just. It's for two I'm mil. I'm not going to invest the two million in like my house or anything. I just meant like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could use it. it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. If only. If only. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd upgrade. <laughs> if, to if, only, if only this game we played actually meant anything. <laughs> I actually, I did a tweet um, at the end of last year saying, "Remember, whatever money you have in the bank." you yeah. then get to use at the yeah. beginning of next yeah. year. And I had so many DMs like, is that true? I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, no, so, it's not That'd true. be so Sorry. great. Anyway, moving on to the community team. Uh, we need a feel-good story here. So community team got 66 points this week, Seb. Uh, talk us through, uh, I mean, we each have to come up with a move, don't we? And then we're going to go for the polls. But talk us through the story just very briefly as to what happened this week. Sure. So I'm trying to remember off the top of the head what we voted for. We voted to the community, uh, voted to roll the transfer, which makes sense. We have zero in the bank, so we have two to spend this week. Uh, We voted to Captain Harland, which obviously was incredibly insightful, considering he outscored Salah by three. Um, And we also chose to bench uh, Andreas, Greenwood and Nico. Andreas was first. Nico did get seven, unfortunately. We chose to play Bailey, but I think that's fair enough. The team, as it stands, is Ward, Trent, Robertson, James, Cancelo, Salah, Saka, Martinelli, got both of them, Bailey, uh, Jesus, and Harlan captain. So I have as well just gathered, oh, I should say as well, we are 180th in that league. Um, and if this team beats any of us three, we'll give some money to charity and hang our heads in shame or something yeah. like that. Um, 
I did gather as well a few little nominations for transfers, which we can then maybe decide what we want to put to the community for a poll. Lovely. So we do have two free transfers, of course, to remember. So a suggestion from uh, Rototrix is Bailey to Gomez. I assume that's Everton's Gomez, who I think is 0.4 maybe now, uh, mm. and Roll. We have a suggestion from Dino Pool, which is with the two free transfers, Robertson to Patterson and Bailey to Diaz or Madison. So oh, we, so we've got a we've oh, yeah. got a Notts Forest Claxon. One of us has said Notts Forest, not Nottingham Forest. Did I? Uh, oh, uh, Ed Ed Hoskins has said this. After we have to get a, a siren, just I just have to say because they get very offended. By I that. Did, did I? I don't know. You might have accidentally said it. <laughs> I'm just going to assume it was again, me. It's always, it's always it's always me. It's always me. Yeah. Probabilistically, it was. We'll, we'll get letters. We'll get letters. I'm trying. <laughs> um, so I just ran these off. Then so we have um, a suggestion for Bailey, for Jensen as well, and maybe something to look at for the 4.0 keepers from, um, I want to say that's F. Redrick, something like that. Uh, F.R. Edrick. Uh, and then final one from uh, Ian says, Bailey to 4.5 bench fodder, which is obviously what me and Andy have done here. We have missed that price rise. Uh, and then the last suggestion from uh, FBL Auto, I see you, is Jesus for Darwin and put him on the bench. Uh, now, if anyone doesn't know, <laughs> FBL Auto is in the analytics hive man team so i think they're trying to sabotage us they are currently ahead of us by 30 odd points so we've got some work to do team lovely stuff so what Um, do we fancy out of all of that i've stuck them in the notes as well if you want to have a look at those suggestions okay uh i do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna say uh, it's tough actually isn't it i mean i thought for me i think we've got to get rid of bailey personally so i think um my suggestion would be bailey to joe's favorite person ever kdh Yes. There you go. That's my good. One. Yeah, I would say something like that. I think it's a, it's a strange team in that because it, it's got Jesus, Saka, and I'm looking at the right one Saka, uh, Martinelli, mm-hmm. and Jesus. Yep. So um, there's a lot of money in Arsenal, but justifiably a lot of money in Arsenal. Um, so there's no, you don't want to really remove any of them. So there's no, you're looking for sort of a cash cow. And it's quite a very cheap bench as well. And you're really cheap on the goalkeepers. So I look at, yeah, I mean, Bailey's the only one I would remove, the only weak link, really. Um, and yeah, I would move him down because because um, uh, uh, KDH has got a great, a great fixture um, this week. Yeah. So. so There's a suggestion in the chat to do Bailey to Gross. We can't afford that, I don't no. think, unfortunately. But could we maybe find some money to do that? Not sure where from. Saka to Gundogan. <laughs> well, that's it. You oh, see, no. you, you have to move Saka, but I don't know if I would... If if you definitely needed, if you didn't have Martinelli, <laughs> we're going back to the same point again, and you wanted two million, then yes. Yeah. But I look at that team. This is exactly the kind of team if you've got Saka, where you possibly wouldn't. You would look as you were saying. It's the weak link, Bailey. Um, I mean, would you play Andreas um, instead of Bailey anyway? I I might start Nico next week. Yeah, Nico, I, I was going to say Nico yeah, Williams would be good. Yeah, yeah. Nico Williams. So you've got yeah. you've got lots of choice so, there so bailey you could just be yeah could be um in that case my suggestion just to throw that in there then would be bailey down to a 4.5 we've missed a silver play yeah. nico roll the other transfer have a bit of money in the bank and sort the team again next week yeah, yeah with cool. a slightly better yeah. position yeah so there's three yeah. choices then yeah. um yeah, can yeah, you just tell me again right. sir was it 180th in the league 180th in the scoutcast community league i believe and uh overall rank i can give you that as well if you give me one moment the team is currently 951,000. So, Joe, at the moment, you are giving over 400,000 pounds to charity. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm beating um, it. I'm beating it. I think I'm 80th in the league. There's, so. lot, there's lots of talk in the chat as well about uh, Robertson to Cucurella as being an option. So that is definitely okay. something that. that I'll, might think, I'll be pick out. I'll pick out the ones that have got. I'll put ours and I'll pick out the ones that have yeah. got shouts here and on Twitter yeah. and put them in a poll. Uh, and, and yes, we did have a question as well in the live chat. Uh, who is KDH? Is Kieran Dewsbury Hall, who is yes. um, a stately home and a player? The poshest. Poshest player Poshest that we player. could possibly suggest. And um, that slightly German as well there, Andy? Uh, that, that, you don't get a lot of posh people in Somerset. Um, right, anyway, uh, let's have a look at our bus teams now. So here we go, big reveal. Um, yes, I have done my two transfers. I did my two transfers on Saturday night. I took out Neko for um, Saliba uh, and I took out um, Bailey for De Silva as well. So... Um, I'm now going to be playing five at the back for the foreseeable future, at least for the next three weeks, because I love Arsenal's fixtures. I think they've got some clean sheets coming up there. Uh, so I've got Ward in goal. I've got Trent, Cancelo, James, Saliba and Robertson at the back. Then I've got Salah, Martinelli, Kulusevski, and I've got Haaland and Jesus up top. Salah's going to be my captain. I think for me, personally, it's only between Salah and Jesus for captaincy. I don't fancy City that much against Newcastle away from home because... I just see it not being a very high-scoring game. I see it in Newcastle kind of stifling them, especially at St. James's Park. They're very good defensively. So, um, yeah, I feel quite good about this team, personally. I feel like, ideally, I want to roll uh, next week if I can. Hopefully, nothing really comes up. Kulosevsky, I love now still owning for the next three weeks because their fixtures are beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Um, yeah, Nunes was the biggest one for me. If Nunes was going to start becoming interesting... I was going to try and work things around and try and get him in. But now I think I'm quite happy with that. Um, and he, he looks really nice now, doesn't well, he? Like, I mean, I mean I've, got, I've just got to go back to the point. How you've used two transfers and you still have Ward Everson. That uh, surely should have been a priority. Not the, they're not the players that... like When I'm looking at like a 4.5, because I could only really upgrade him to but a 4.5. But De Silva is... You might as well... You know, he's but nothing. Silva's on the bench. He he freed it up so I could upgrade. And, to and, and you know, well, you've got you've got Saliba and De Silva. So you effectively just got loads of saliva in your team. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, let's talk has just entered the chat, and he says Ooh. it all costs bring Cucurella in. So oh right, go. okay. He said yeah. he's he's saying he's saying that there. Also, we also had Colm in the chat saying up the Crewkern massive. Um, yeah. you mentioned <laughs> yeah. Somerset earlier. Crewkern I, I, massive. I was I was uh, went through Crewkern uh, at the at the weekend to go down to Charmouth, and um, this is real local stuff. Uh, it's got got a surprisingly confusing one way system, Crewkern, for a, t- a very small town. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that was a sidetrack, but yeah, I feel good about my team. I feel really good about it. Um, Seb, moving on to your best team. Um, so you've got Sanchez in goal. You've got Trent, Cancelo, Walker, James, Gabriel. So you've got pretty much. I say the same, actually. You've got a little bit of a difference because you've got the double city there. Um, Robertson, got Walker, s- and then different Arsenal, aren't you? Yeah, Salah, Diaz, and Martinelli, and Haaland, and uh, Jesus up top. And obviously, you've got the silver as well. You've still got one free transfer to use. You've got one million in the bank, and you are on Salah captain as well. Yeah, I'm pretty happy just to chill here. Maybe I start Ward, maybe I don't. I think Brighton's defence is better, but Ward's fixture is better. So I'll see how that comes out at the end of the week. And then captaincy. Uh, yeah, again, one just to sit on in the week see what various models say, see what conversation is, see how I feel. But I think there's another little close one there. Haaland, Salah or Jesus probably, but I'm very content. It's nothing special. It's a team lots of people have got, but I like having 1 million and another two free transfers to maybe start moving in a direction I want to go if that if that works in a couple of weeks. I think you're in a very, very strong position, Seb. Very envious. Uh, and see how I can Joe. mess it up. 
Yeah, I know. And Joe, so your team, so you are uh, two free transfers still to use. Yeah, You're the most so, patient out of all of us. You've got 0.5 so, million in the bank. So, so what, I've, what I've done is I've put out the team that I'm actually okay with if, if the worst was to happen and a bus was to interact with me in a nasty way. Um, but um, I've also put in the two players that I'm looking to remove, which is Mount and Patterson. So I'm going into the game with uh, a 5-3-2. And I think that's going to be my, I've, I've, I've been 4-4-2 kind of guy, uh, very flexible. So I'm now going to move to a 5-3-2. So I've got, um, currently Ward in goal there, but he's going to be Sanchez, I think. Um, but that might come down to the wire. Um, Sanchez and, and Brighton, I just prefer at the moment. But, you know, it's Ward against Southampton. Um I don't know. <laughs> I think I marginally prefer Sanchez at this moment. I've got Cancelo, uh, Gabriel uh, against Bournemouth, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson against Manchester United, and currently Patterson, but Patterson will be Reese James. That's that's what's going to happen there. So just ignore Patterson. That's Reese James. Uh, I've got Mason Mount, who is going to be Pascal Gross for so uh, many reasons. Uh, one, I'm a Brighton fan. Two, he's Brighton's best player at the moment. <laughs> Um, three, I think he's outstanding value. He's involved. Four, and um, all the we've we've been through this before though. Fixtures, form, everything. He's got he's got everything going for him. He's got the lot. Um, you know, girls want to be with him. Men want to be him. <laughs> he's just the guy. He's got everything. He's on a tangent again, sir. Um, and I've got Salah as a captaincy. Uh, Martinelli and his incredible price rises against Bournemouth. <laughs> Uh, Harland and not Haaland at up top, uh, with Jesus, who's my vice captain, and is between Jesus and um Salah for me. In terms of uh, if, if uh, more of my thoughts about captaincy on the captaincy video with Tom, um, we give our top three picks as well there, so it's a good plug to have a look at that. And we have lots of stats there, we've got uh, attacking player stats there. As well, that has got Haaland, uh, Jesus, De Bruyne, Salah, Son, and Kane, who are, I think are all great options. We usually do a, a player comparison thing of two or three people. Um, I, I think there's six very viable options, and I haven't even mentioned James Madison, who I think is also a good captaincy shout this week. Lots and lots of of choice there, and this could be a week if two or three of them absolutely go off, and two or three of them don't. That could be some big swings this week. If they all blank, obviously not so much. And if they all do well, happy days. But um, yeah, I think I think there could be some swings there. So yes, for me, Mount, lovely stuff. Patterson out, Gross and Reese James in. Just to say as well, a couple of people asking about the Scoutcast Community League. Mm. Uh, hilariously, I asked I asked Andy for it, and then Andy was like, "So we'll do it." So one of us <laughs> will work it out. I think Joe set it up. So we will what, comment it on this video, put it in the description, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll yeah, put it. No I'll, yeah, we we'll make what either. Yeah, me or Andy's. Someone will put it in the description. Awesome. I think and, Andy's got much. some more bits and bobs to do after the, the show, maybe. And yeah, I've got some always. more bits and bobs to do. <laughs> as yeah, well. Seb just Seb just goes to sleep. Terrible. It, right, it's the um, bits and bobs bit. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to my favourite section of the night, and this is the question section. This is the convince the teacher section. So uh, we got Andy Robertson there with his hand up because he's already got a question. Chuck your questions in the chat and I will score the guys based on how well they answer your questions and how much they convince me that their answer is the correct one. Now remember, they can have the same answer. That's absolutely fine. But if Seb convinces me more than Joe, Seb gets the point. If Joe convinces me better than Seb, then Joe gets the point. 
Joe is currently 2-0 up. Seb actually skipped a question last week, so he is definitely on a, a loose, lead, loose lead? Short thread? What am I looking for? Uh, he's he's basically um, going to be watched quite closely this you, week. You've got Seb on a, on a loose short thread. Well, not loose leash. What's it, what's it called? Don't know. I don't know what it's called now. Naughty step. Short, short leash. Short <laughs> leash. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, right here we go. Uh, oh my god! I just want to. I just want to interrupt here. We've had a klaxon, another klaxon here. Uh, someone not listening to me. FPL Spartans buying gross oh. for Mount is a bit like a casual player. Is he not here? He is an enabler for me getting Reese James in, who I think is a vital player. Do listen. Anyway, carry Don't on. Know, though. Don't know. That's my turn to <laughs> be a teacher. That's, that's you've told then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Spartans. <laughs> Do have a listen, mate. Um, right. Daniel Robert, uh, the man with two first names, says, question, is Vardy a worthy captain this week? Seb, because you're 2-0 down at the moment, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Who does he even play? Let me have a oh, look. Oh, God. Is he a worthy captain this week? Southampton. I mean, I guess we've got that 9-0 and whatnot in our minds. The thing that happens with that, Southampton, I don't think they're as good this year as they've been in the past, but they're very hot and cold. We know at the moment they're not brilliant, but they can be. I think they're taking a bit of a risk there unnecessarily. The fact that not many people have Vardy in their team probably tells you enough. Sure, you're going for the EO thing. But as I said earlier, I don't think this is the time of season to do that. I think we have some good captains in Salah, Jesus, maybe even Haaland. There isn't the need to look for someone different like Vardy just yet. So I would say, no, don't do that. Interesting. Joe? If you own Vardy, there's a reason you own Vardy. And that's because one of them is playing Southampton. So he's got to be a captaincy consideration there. But I, I, I haven't seen him in too many teams. I've seen him in Sky teams. But I haven't seen him in many FPL teams. So I think there's better better options. I've named six of them already. And we've got those on the captaincy video to have a look at. Um, I think Madison is the best option because he is looking more threatening. And I think if you're gonna, if you if you're desperate to captain a Leicester player against Southampton, you're still looking at those nine nils. He's not, they're not gonna beat Southampton nine nil every every day. <laughs> um, but um I, I I think Madison would be the one. I think Madison is a genuine captaincy contender this week but I'm okay. not sure Jamie Vardy is. Okay. Uh, Stephen Harker says, who is the best Rashford replacement? He already has Martinelli. So Rashford's already gone down to 6.4. Joe, who would you get in for him? I First of all, I wouldn't look to say, right, Rashford, whatever he is, Rashford's 6.4. 6.4 now, I believe, yeah. Right. I wouldn't look at that and think, oh, I definitely need to get a 6 million player in. Or if you've got... He, he, I, would, I would look to that as an opportunity to either free up some money or... Uh, if you have got two free transfers uh, to upgrade him to, I don't know, a James Madison even, um, you could go down to, we've mentioned him before, someone like Pascal Gross, I think is a really good option. He's 5.6 um, and he would be the one I would go for if you want to go less. Um, but I would I would look to do that. Or if you can, if you've got two free transfers and you've got money to move elsewhere, I would mm-hmm. bump him up to Gundogan at 7.5 could be a good Ooh. option um so or, your solution uh, is find 1.1 million extra to if to if he's one. got just, well i'm assuming just, that he hasn't made that kane harlem blunder that some people did last week and he's got two free transfers in which case he might have something else to do but okay. it depends on your team doesn't it everyone's going to be different no, no, but no, I do... no, it's fine it's fine that's your answer seb on you on you 
So obviously, with without nine team, there's a couple of directions it could go. I would say, largely in agreement with Joe, it's probably a move to facilitate something else. You already have Martinelli, which is the obvious one. The fact that you have Martinelli and Rashford suggests that you either don't have a Jesus or maybe a little light in defence to be able to afford those slightly more expensive middle price midfielders, as it were. So I would say if you have two free transfers, there's an opportunity there to do Rashford down to whatever you need to say, get a James or a uh, Trent, if for some reason you don't have him. Something like that. Double City, we know I'm a fan of. Um, if you only have one free transfer, but your team can handle it, maybe you have, say, a Nico and, a, and I don't know, De Silva and Andreas in midfield because you've spent that money elsewhere. You could maybe even still do the same thing, but just over the course of a couple of weeks. So my answer would be move down to facilitate elsewhere. Uh, Patrick Gabitas, Gab, Gabitas <laughs> says, who scores more in the next three weeks, Son, Salah or Sterling? Uh, Seb, we're going to go to you first. Salah, because in any three-week sample, I would say all else being even, Salah has the highest expected returns of those players. I have not checked fixtures, so I'm very happy to be wrong on this one because it might be some based on that. But I think, you know, unless Salah's playing City, which I don't think he is, it's after game week six or seven, that one. Mm -hmm. I think Salah usually is the best option if we believe that he's a better option with a false nine as opposed to a Darwin Nunes. Well, we know for the next three weeks that's going to happen. If Firmino's out, he might even play up front. So I will say Salah. But also, to be fair, Singh has not won one of these yet. If you give me the point, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> well, uh, I would say the next three uh, game weeks, as has been pointed out, there's no uh, uh, Nunes. But Liverpool's fixtures and Manchester United, I think Salah will get a very healthy return there. He has historically. Um, he then has a home game against Bournemouth, a home game against Newcastle. Um, I fully anticipate him playing there and he'll be... Big captaincy shout, so he'll obviously get more points because more because people will get double points from him. But I think <laughs> there are three really. You've picked a run where I would think that would be Salah's best run, arguably, of yeah. uh, two two nice home games and playing Manchester United. Tottenham, however, have got Wolves, which I still think they'll get a return, but I'm not sure it's going to be huge return. Um, then they've got Nottingham Forest, not not Forest, Nottingham Forest um, away. Um, which will be interesting. Um, I think there could be some returns for some then. And then you've got West Ham as well. I don't know. I haven't quite assessed West Ham yet. So there's lots of unknowns there with Son and Kane. I think they'll get returns, but I think the next three, that's Salah time. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, Stephen W says, um, are you not tempted by the upside of Perisic in the next four weeks, Joe? Yes, I am. But will he play? And I think Seb said it earlier. You could go, I could see yourself going the whole season without a Spurs defender because we don't know which one's going to play. I know in in the good fixtures against Nottingham Forest away, against Fulham at home, that those wing backs are going to get returns. But will it be Doherty? Will it be Sessegnon? Will it be Perisic? I don't know which one's going to play. And once Europe starts kicking in, which ones are going to get the priority in the league? Which ones are going to get priority in Europe? But is Perisic a great player? Will he be on all corners? Will he frighten the living daylights out of you if you don't own him? Yes. But will he play? <laughs> Not sure I can give you a point for saying will he so many times in a stream. Uh, Seb, what about you? <laughs> well, seeing as Joe stole my answer earlier, then I'd like to reiterate um, that I agree with what Joe said, <laughs> but also add the whole, when in preseason, when I was looking at having Spurs players and I went Harland over Kane and didn't have any of their defenders, although you'll probably remember I was pretty high on Doherty for a bit. 
I think the main temptation is you look at Spurs fixtures and you go, I want exposure to those fixtures. Mm. But if you've got Haaland over Kane, Haaland to Kane is a transfer some people might make this week. If you've got Salah over Son, you're going to start looking at the defence. And I think the same thing applies with the Haaland and the Salah. With the expected minutes of those four viable Spurs wingbacks, I think I'm just happier with a Trent, Cancelo, James, even my Arsenal defender in the next two because they've got great fixtures. Well, actually, that's moving on to the next question, actually, from Bernardo, which is, uh, who is the best Arsenal defender to get? If money wasn't an option, who would you be getting, Seb? Um, I guess Ramsdale, but he's a goalkeeper. So defender, I went Gabriel for the nailedness of the expected minutes. Saliba, obviously a little bit cheaper, is looking very good. Uh, we'll see what happens when, obviously, uh, Tommy Asso returns and if Ben White moves inside. But I could see them sticking with that back four. We looked at their shape earlier. It obviously works. They've been playing very well. So I'd be tempted to go Gabriel just because the set-piece threat on top of, I think he is probably still the most nailed centre-back out of the options. And Joe? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got Gabriel and I, I, I would stick with him currently until we know more because, uh, and I would say it was because of the bonus uh, potential as well. So I think he got, um, so he got one or two um, in the first game. And I've seen from times I've owned him before, he's good for bonus. So if you're going to get um, an Arsenal clean sheet, you're going to look for that extra returns from bonus. Um, Ramsdale can get it, but he can also not get it. And I've, I've had Ramsdale before on my side and he's just been a sort of six point, guy of which you can get from the likes of Raya and Sanchez at 4.5 Saliba is interesting because he's 4.5 it just frees up that extra bit of money I prefer him currently to Ben White I don't yeah. think I think out of that lot Ben White doesn't but I think the pick could be Zinchenko but we don't have enough I want to see him start almost every game because I think in terms of attacking returns I think he could be the one because um, we're yet to get any of that goal threat from Gabriel that we've seen, but it's just been two games, but yeah. I would say Zinchenko possibly currently though, Gabriel. Okay. And last question from Michael Scott, who's taken a couple of minutes out of the office to come and join us. Uh, it says Cucurella or Walker, Joe. I like this one. Oh, Cucurella, uh, especially, especially after uh, the comments um, from the Chelsea manager this week that he um, is pretty much the first choice currently over Chilwell. And we've already seen he's taken five corners. Um, so I think you're going to, and, and I know that he's good for bonus of Brighton. And I think that could carry on at Chelsea. So I think, I think Walker is great. And I think he's good for the, for, for, for six points, but I think Cucurella could be your man to get your, your eight or nine points. Mm. And Seb? I think I'd want to know that Cucurella was going to get those minutes beyond just Tuchel saying it because we've seen a man just say stuff before and then not play that player. What was it? Gerard praised Leon Bailey and then benched him, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I would be tempted for Walker at first, but say you had neither. Yeah, maybe you should try and get ahead of Cucurella. But I think the important thing to reiterate here is that I will buy you a beer, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, after seven questions, the winner is... Seb, Seb oh, wins no. his first one. Five yes. two. I got that as actually. Um, so uh, well done, oh, I didn't Seb. even you need to do the beers. I take them back. On it. What? <laughs> what? No, I win. I, I get the beer. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, <laughs> but um, boys, well done. That was good. You're getting better at convincing. We I, we definitely need a time limit though. We definitely need a That's time fair. limit. That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. I think so. I think we need to have. I'm going to ask Az whether we can have a little uh, timer in the corner or something. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so. 
we have reached the end. Thank you so much to everybody that's been in the chat with us tonight, uh, including Focal and Colm and Let's Talk and all those people as well, and, and everybody that's normally with us. We, the big guns. We actually, we actually peaked at 1,400 tonight, which is absolutely amazing. So <laughs> well, we peaked forever, sure, just yeah, tonight. That's the air's peak. Uh, so please so, make sure since, you like it. Since, since it was uh, Granville, Mark and you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so please make sure you like and subscribe as well because we're going to be here every week uh, we're here again next week obviously for game week four we do hope your game week three is good uh, Joe I hope you enjoyed your evening I did it was great yeah and <laughs> Sev I hope you enjoyed your evening too yeah after the horrible start I think it really picked up so thank you thank you so much for that <laughs> good no problem and uh, for everybody thank you again for watching we will see you all next week and I hope your game week three is as beautiful as the guests I had on the show tonight there you go look humble gorgeous and beautiful bye bye and we'll see you next week